Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Trying to learn more about the shooting that took place in Kansas City at the Super Bowl parade, yet information for many different reasons, not as forthcoming as it should be. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. It was two juveniles who've been charged. It was a dispute. What what kind of dispute? How is it only two when we have heard that there were actually more than one shooting? How did the juvenile get the firearm in question? And how is this being phrased, as I think was well uh, articulated by Charles C.W. Cook, as a mass shooting when this doesn't fall into that category if it was indeed a dispute? Why is it that this is being discussed not with a, a level of certitude, not with a here are the facts, but rather in the ether. And why is it that anybody who should make mention of the fact that the shooters were juvenile and black are somehow engaged in racist dog whistles? And why did it take so long for that information to be known? Isn't that the actual bigotry? Meanwhile, Liz Cheney is being uh, pushed out by leftist press to go after uh, the Republican Party for not taking a strong enough stance against Vladimir Putin. One can ask the question, and I think rationally so, why it is that Donald Trump or others have not spoken out about the death of Alexei Navalny. This is the opposition leader. All was fine, all was good, now dead in prison. All fine, all good. Was in prison, shouldn't have been. I shouldn't say all fine and all good, but he was alive. And then is dead in prison. Are we not going to hold of Vladimir Putin to account? Joe Biden said that the consequences for, for, uh, for Russia, if Alexei Navalny died in prison, would be severe. And yet nothing. So they want to now trot Liz Cheney out to say, look how terrible Republicans are being. And Democrats want to say, well, yeah, sure, it was uh, Vladimir Putin's fault, but don't forget Trump. I first of all agree with President Biden that Russia is responsible for his death. Also, what happened in a few days leading up to his death? Well, we had former President Donald Trump essentially say that Russia should attack European countries. That is crazy. That is traitorous language. Russia certainly was listening. And I think they thought, hey, we now have a green light to do all sorts of crazy stuff. And if Trump would be president, Putin would have even more latitude. Some responses. Russia has funded terrorism. They are a state sponsor of terrorism. The State Department could designate Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. 
That's Congressman Ted Lieu, who has never been uh, of the rational sort. Trump's conversation was about how he privately discusses with other nations, well, if we don't fund NATO, what are you going to do? Well, I hope Russia beats you up. That's the conversation he would have to try and get them to pay up, which, by the way, they are paying up now. This isn't Trump's fault, and to say so is ridiculous. This is Putin. This is who he is, regardless of Trump, regardless of Tucker or anybody else. He's always been this murderer. The support for Ukraine should exist. But the people saying you got to take care of the border first, they have a point. So why not just do it? Why are you fighting a fight that makes no sense? Well, we have to support Ukraine no matter what. Just start fixing the border, then you'll get your Ukraine support. It's just that easy. Grow up and handle the problems. You've got two of them happening at the same time. Handle them. You only want to handle one? Sorry, that's not the way it works. No CEO would get away with that. You're not getting away with it. Go handle the problems. Blaming Trump for the death of dissident uh, Alexei Navalny? These lefties are nuts. Certifiable. And unserious as the day is long. Tony Katz, that's me, by the way. 93 WIBC, good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. game hits Indianapolis that's the NBA my people and the only thing that matters is economic impact does Indy know how to throw a party that's uh, the, the, the question now anecdotally I'll tell you that I think the jury is still out but in terms of the money that might be a different story Tony Katz good to be with you Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on the Xbox at IIB, at Gary Dick, personally, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick. There's a bunch of stuff to get into outside of the, the All-Star game, but economic uh, impact, what are we talking about? What are they looking at? And uh, what do we think the uh, results have been from this weekend? Yeah, I think high level, Tony. I think, uh, you know, 50,000 foot view. I think Indy knocked it out of the park. I mean, I really do. Uh, as they typically do, as Indy typically does for big events, be it the Super Bowl, Final Fours, you can go on down the list. So that's not much of a surprise, really. I think the expectation was it would be a great event. I think it was. Uh, $320 million is the estimated economic impact. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think. Maybe to your point uh, before, jury's still out. I think that impact, the true impact of what this all-star game uh, will be is maybe three or four years out. Steve Simon, owner of the Pacers, uh, alternate governor for the team, uh, made the point on the show last weekend. He said that return on investment 
is down the road, the big return. You have the immediate dollars and cents that come into the economy. But in terms of the uh, the image boosting results, talent attraction, those uh, business attraction, those types of things that may come out of this won't be known probably for two, three, four years uh, down the road. But I think just the high level uh, look, how, how the city looked, how Gainbridge Fieldhouse, um, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, how it all looked, I think, came across uh, very well to a to a, a global TV audience. Two hundred, I think it's two hundred and fifteen countries uh, saw the game uh, over the weekend. So, a big opportunity for uh, for the city. Yeah, I, I think that two things there that that are interesting. Steve Simon's conversation, I think, is a is a solid way to look at some of these things. We take a look at the yeah. now, but we have to take a look at what comes. What does the event mean for eyeballs that are looking at it, that are planning other thoughts or planning uh, other conventions, other conferences, other events? And how does this kind of seep into their head almost in an inception uh, kind of way? And then there is... You know, for for all that the NBA All-Star Game is about, uh, the field house and the game that took place there, the impact of what Lucas Oil was able to do and kind of showing off that among stadiums, it really still is the creme de la creme. You can head out to Vegas all you want. Oh, yeah, beautiful mountains and some nice weather. But you actually want to get something done. Lucas Oil is the place to go. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. You know, you go back to the Super Bowl and you talk about longer-term impact. I remember having a conversation at the Super Bowl with the folks from Visit Indy, and they talked about, I can't remember the number now, it was five or six big, big convention uh, planners were in town for the Super Bowl. I think most, if not all, had never been to Indy before. And that visit ultimately translated, I think, into a couple of big events coming to Indianapolis that came you know, down the road. But again, the impression made during the Super Bowl. And I think the potential is there uh, for that kind of impact from the NBA All-Star Game. The Indiana Economic Development Corporation uh, invested some money to to advertise around the game, but also to, uh, to entertain and to uh, connect with site selection consultants and some of the big-name companies in Indianapolis for the All-Star Game. So we'll see where that plays out uh, perhaps a little bit down the road. Talking to Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com on the X Twitter box at IIB. I know that you actually spoke with Adam Silver, uh, the commissioner of the yeah. NBA. I know he spoke at the Economic Club of, of Indiana uh, uh, event. I, I've, I've, I've belonged before. I, I've kinda, I dig the conversations that they have and, and, and what they're doing. It's just they're usually lunchtime conversations, and I've got a radio yeah. show. I don't get to, to, to go all the time. But from your conversation with Adam Silver, uh, what was your t- take on their take regarding Indianapolis, and did you feel it was a lip service conversation because after all you're there, or was it a, hey, we should spend more time in this city? Yeah, you know, that's a great point. I did not feel as though it was lip service. It was just being nice. Uh, you know, typically you can you can spot that. I'm sure you can, too, when you do interviews, uh, uh, folks, uh, you know, talking uh, in front of the mic. Uh, for me, it's uh, when the camera is on, they may say one thing and then uh, uh, say another uh, behind the camera. But I, I did not sense that whatsoever with Adam Silver, who has a, a, a very uh, strong affinity for Indianapolis. That's been very clear. He's called it. Uh, no, he said no city does big events better than Indianapolis. You know, he talks about Vegas and some of those other big markets that do these do these events, certainly. But he uh, he feels very strongly about Indianapolis and he has a, a very strong relationship 
in close relationship with Herb Simon. Uh, and that was very clear this weekend in, in some of his comments. Uh, but he talked about Indianapolis as a host city during that economic club uh, luncheon. And in his view, it's the collaboration, the cooperation that he sees here that is unlike any other city, Republicans and Democrats working together, uh, whether it's from the state standpoint or, or locally as well. So he uh, he's very high on Indianapolis. The NBA is. Question is, will some of these some other events uh, come here? How about the in-season tournament that was in Vegas and that was a hit? A lot of people were confused about I was. I didn't know what the heck it was. But it turned out to be a pretty good event for the NBA. Will that come to Indianapolis? So did this set up, did the All-Star Game hosting this time around set up future events for the NBA? We'll see. Now let's uh, take a move towards talking about a larger impact on, on Indiana. You have the story that Congressman Mervan, that, so that's up in the, the, the first district, uh, congressional yep. district, Discussing the idea of bringing a hydrogen project, which is planned for the BP Whiting Refinery. Now, the hydrogen power conversation takes us in a different direction in Indiana, right? Not just solar, not just wind. And and for the record, uh, the solar projects where Israel's investing, let them invest and let them build the panels. The wind turbines I find to be ridiculous, the hydrogen conversation is fascinating. What is Congressman Ravan saying about this? And is this a partisan project or is this getting bipartisan approval? Getting bipartisan support, to be sure, Tony. And you, you bring out uh, uh, the, the point that hydrogen, there's a lot of support for hydrogen production. You talk about the quote unquote green economy uh, and, and creating something, hydrogen, that can fuel some of these heavy industries, heavy-duty vehicles. Cummins is in uh, to this in a, in, in a big way as well. But this hydrogen hub you're talking about, uh, and the congressman is talking about in northwest Indiana, there's a consortium, three states, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, came together to bid to the federal government to get money to create this hydrogen hub. The access to Lake Michigan, absolutely critical. You need water to do these kinds of things. And uh, Congressman Mervan made the comment that I think the number is six. 15,000 jobs will be created in terms of building this at the BP uh, Whiting Refinery. Uh, You know, several years ago when that refinery was undergoing a major transformation, $3.5 billion, I think, they had uh, construction and tradespeople working on that project. I think for six years, this impact potentially could be could be much greater. So Indiana positioned very well for this whole hydrogen move to hydrogen. You got a lot of companies. You've got BP and Exxon, and I mentioned Cummins earlier. Number of big time companies that are investing heavily in it. Indiana feels as though it's positioned really well uh, for that to happen. And Northwest Indiana, in particular, because of the access to Lake Michigan, uh, really could be a prime time player. And that's the latest. I think in a series of things happening up there that you know really ha- hasn't happened up in Northwest Indiana for many years. You've got a billion dollars from the U.S. Department of Energy. You've got yep. Representative Ravan thinking the private sector funding could reach up to six billion. I'd love to see how he gets uh, to that number. But this again, part of our ongoing conversation that the better the state does, the better for Indianapolis and forces Indianapolis to be uh, in engaged in more competition with these other cities. Yep. This is good for Indiana growth. Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I appreciate you taking the time. Apple and others, that this dog won't hunt anymore. We don't do this anymore. We're not supporting these commies anymore. It's over. Find another place to build your stuff. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz. That's me. Hey, what's going on? 93 WIBC. Uh, good morning. Pre- uh, the fill up on the news. That's presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC. The Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. Sundays, 9 a.m. WIBC and WIBC.com. Dow futures down 145. NASDAQ futures are down 130. The reporting this morning that the Houthi rebels... Damaging a ship off the coast of Yemen, forcing the crew to abandon the vessel. The reports that the crew is safe, that the ship suffered catastrophic damage, came to a complete halt. This according to Houthi spokespeople. So my, I guess, follow up here is, uh, how are those strikes going by the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, to keep the seas navigable. We're, 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 we're winning this fight in the Gulf of Aden? We're, we're, we're win- winning this fight in the Red Sea? No? Yes? No? Hmm. Okay. Everything will cost more. Everything is costing more. It is. We see this in the reports. Inflation is not under control. I understand what gets said, but that's not what the numbers stated. Just the sheer data. Inflation is still there. Exactly where it was, not down. Double the target of the Federal Reserve. I'm not making up the number. I'm sharing the number. And certainly... Costs do not come down if this group supported by Iran, because Iran, of course, is the enemy. This group supported by Iran is allowed to continue to make these kinds of maneuvers. It's been a a proxy war between Saudi Arabia and Iran in Yemen for years now. The world's not a safe place. And if, if these nations want to go about destroying themselves, I, I have no comment. You, you knock yourselves out. You feel free. But it is affecting us. And to say otherwise, to say somehow that it, it's not or, or it's no big deal or it's not our problem, it is without question our problem. And it has no end until we end it. So that's the latest there. One of the other stories is, will the death of uh, Alexei Navalny, the opposition leader in Russia, lead to a level of, of further sanctions? And one of the conversations is, does this mean that sanctions 
could be leveled on those who work with Russia, and that could include Chinese companies. It's an interesting take. Navalny's dead. Biden said that the consequences would be uh, devastating for Russia. And then wanted to backtrack from it. Well, we've already done this. We've already done that. We were... Navalny is dead in prison. Vladimir Putin killed him. You said the, the consequences would be devastating. What's going to happen? You're now going to engage sanctions on China to put pressure on Russia? Can we discuss what that's going to look like? I mean, if we want to put pressure on China, could we just start really aggressively pulling back manufacturing from China and start notifying companies like Apple and others that this dog won't hunt anymore? We don't do this anymore. We're not supporting these commies anymore. It's over. Find another place to build your stuff. Maybe that conversation happens privately and not publicly. I could live with that. But why do I not believe the conversation has happened at all? Or if it has, these companies have said, eh, we're going to do what we want. Well, you can do what you want at your your own peril. Because it is indeed, at this stage of the game, your own peril. We shouldn't be supporting companies that continue to support China. And without a doubt, China's support of Russia should be dealt with. Is it sanctions? A worthy conversation. Let us have it. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Keep in mind, I am running against him no, I know. for a reason. I'm running against him because I don't think he should be the right. I don't think he's the right person at the right time. I don't think he should be president. The last thing on my mind is who I'm going to support. The only thing on my mind is how we're going to win this. The only thing on my mind is how we're going to make sure that we correct what's happening in America and we bring this country back together, allow her to heal and move on in a strong way. I'm not thinking about who I'm going to support in an election. But, but, but you've already said. It. We are going to have a fe- we are going to have a female president of the United States. It will either be me or it will be Kamala Harris. And if Donald Trump is the nominee of the in for the Republican Party, he will not win. Now, that's again. What is shown in the polling on a national level that shows Nikki Haley doing far better against Joe Biden than Donald Trump. That's what it shows again and again and again. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And yes, we leave for Israel in what, two weeks? Is that when we leave? Um, Hold on a second. Let me. No, no, a week and a half. A week and a half. 
we do leave for Israel. Uh, we will be, I will be there. I will be reporting back. We've been trying to figure out how to do the broadcast from there. And timing-wise, it doesn't seem to be possible. But dispatches, that's going to be happening throughout the morning and midday show. We've got interviews lined up with local politicos, soldiers, people who have been dealing with the, the fallout of the attack by Hamas. Um, we, we can do one of two things. We can either let um, the bigots uh, with Jewish uh, voice for peace in Indiana, which doesn't represent Jews at all, and the socialists and these foolhardy clubs uh, that uh, are part of uh, IU Indy and other places, uh, we can uh, we can allow them to dominate the storyline with bigotry, or we can share the story of what's happening. I don't lie. I'm a Zionist. I believe in Israel's right to exist. I believe in Israel's right to defend itself. But we should share this full and complete story. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Hamas attacked Israel. What is it that they're going through? Why doesn't anybody demand in the United States that Hamas stop so let's go about engaging the fight. Um, hoping to speak also to some uh, Palestinian journalists while I'm out there. Uh, we're starting to get all that uh, set up. So there's a lot to bring to you. I look forward to to doing just that. Uh, plan on getting there safe. Plan on getting back safe. That is the whole plan. Uh, sponsorships now available. So if, if you want to be a part of, of what we're doing and all the content we're bringing back and all the video we're bringing back, uh, just just reach out. The polling states that in a matchup, Haley does better than Trump against Joe Biden. The polling also shows that Trump is well ahead of Nikki Haley nationally and in South Carolina. What is interesting is the last two polls in South Carolina have shrunk. If you take a look at the CBS poll, if you take a look at the Citadel poll, if you take a look at the Winthrop poll, they all show Trump in the 60s and Trump leading by an average of 35 points. The last two polls, Trafalgar, which does lean right, and insider advantage, have Haley closing a gap, plus 29 for Trump, plus 22 for Trump. Trump has been, as I said, in the, in the plus 30s. In the real clear politics average, which has been very dead on in, in Iowa and in New Hampshire, Trump is ahead by 31. For Nikki Haley to get past South Carolina, she has to be within single digits. I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks. That hasn't changed. Nothing shows that that's going to happen. I didn't say it couldn't happen. I'm saying nothing shows that that's going to happen for the former ambassador. Her argument about the national, okay, I I hear you. I get what you're saying. You're not wrong. But that's not possible to discuss the national if you don't get through the primary, and there is nothing shows, nothing that shows Nikki Haley gets to the primary. Why would I believe the polling on one and not the other? 
Do I believe anyone poll? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I am taking a look at the fact that, that you know, the, these, these polls have been accurate in terms of uh, Trump's victory. And in New Hampshire, you could argue that Nikki Haley underperformed and in Iowa she overperformed. I believe that's the way it went. But there's nothing that says she is going to make up this level of, of, of space. By the way, there's a poll out of Texas, University of Texas poll that was done February 2nd to February 12th. This is registered voters, not likely voters, that shows Biden beating Haley 40 to 31. That's registered voters, though. In a likely voter poll from the University of Houston, Biden 39, Haley 43. I would go with likely voters over registered voters. Absolutely. Meanwhile, South Carolina is coming. We're going to pay attention to it. We're going to be reporting on it. But I just don't see how Nikki Haley is getting past this. It's 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 not the was the primary is February 24th. That's it. That's a Saturday. What she has to do, I don't think it's possible to do. We'll discuss it on Tony Katz today at noon. I'll catch you then.